It's Tech for Market Explainer, your number one business news podcast. Hosted by Danny and the big man. And it starts right now. Howdy, y'all. We're just going to Philip DeFranco right into this thing. <laughs> Today, like we it. got we got four stories for you. Of course, we're going to explain the ever-living crap out of them. Our good friends and the sponsors of all the mainstream corporate press, Pfizer is making a huge bet in medical herbs. Mm-hmm. Our good friends over at Crocs make a massive acquisition of a competing shoe company. Sure. And their stock responds by going down a bit. Um, <laughs> GameStop can't stop being in the news because they're freaking hilarious. Right. They're starting an NFT platform. We're going to get into it. And then afterwards, we're going to talk about our good friends, Tad and Christina over at Mom's House Media. And they signed an exclusive deal with SiriusXM. And uh, we're going to we're going to jump. They're locals now. Yeah, um, they are so, fellow Austinites. Yes, they are. That's right. I see them. I see uh, I see Tad uh, pumping gas at the Rudy's all the time in North Austin. So um, before we do any of that, I want to tell you guys about our Patreon, our full video experience. Mm hmm is available on patreon.com slash market explainer. We're going to be loading up more content on there. We want you to join. There's a bunch of new year is going to see a lot that explode. That is my project, which we both know, and I'm interrupting an ad to say this, but we both know that for it to grow, I've got to be involved with it. Danny, for whatever reason, cannot handle doing anything on a regular basis. So that's right. It is the Patreon and the growth of that is definitely my project. I, I just came up with the idea for the show. I came up with the name of the show. I just come up with the stories of the show. That's all I do. I don't <laughs> what do have you, anything. What have you done for me lately? But anyway, Patreon, <laughs> lots of cool stuff. Yes. Uh, MarketExplainer.com. That's right. So, like I was saying, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, <laughs> Pfizer is making an acquisition in the medical cannabis space with a $6.7 billion acquisition of Arena Pharmaceuticals. Now, uh, okay. before you get into that, can we back up for a second? Because Danny, as you all know, Danny creates his own headlines for these stories that he acquires Mm, and puts them where him and I and I look at these things or whatever. His actual headline that he wrote for me was an embattled Pfizer is taking its recent found mega profits and investing it in this fun time activity. First of all, why is it embattled Pfizer? Well, I, I, I would say that in the last two years, Pfizer's reputation has, in the public's eye, um, and this is, it, it became, because, you know, pharmaceuticals got politicized. And in the last year or two, mm-hmm. um, people have begun to have a not great opinion of Pfizer. I disagree you know? wholeheartedly, but that's, okay. and this is why I'm bringing it up. Okay, so let me let me put it this way. In the grand scheme of things in America, the political spectrums switched. And Team Blue, which used to hate pharmaceutical companies, 
Then Team Red, which was like, we love capitalism, switched and said, these people are evil and injecting us with with whatever. And everyone and these other people are like, can we get four of them? Why is it only two? Can we get three or seven? I can think everybody should week? hate pharmaceutical companies just because they literally, and this is a great example. And okay. I've said this before on this podcast, and it's true. There's not a single drug that the United States has on the market behind counters of pharmacies that was yeah. actually created by pharmaceutical companies. They right. were all created by public funds through universities and grants and that kind of stuff. And then they are acquired much yes. like what we are talking about today. Correct. They go out in these small little companies, in this right. case, the American um, what it American a, Multinational Pharmaceutical and no, Bio... it's called Arena Pharmaceuticals, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Arena Pharmaceuticals, that. in this case, um, are are is a grant-funded, right, trying to come up with a new drug sure. for... Uh, well, and I say new drug. It's yeah, it's a molecular-speaking cannabinoid yeah. therapy uh, yeah. for the digestive system, which is nobody right. cares about. The point is, is Your Pfizer... Your health, gut, gut health is extremely important. No, it's very right. important, but nobody right. cares about the science. I'm here. The fact oh, yeah. is, the headline Fair. is that Pfizer getting into the marijuana game, right, the Mary Jane game, right. through acquiring a company that has already started trials using a part of it. They right. they don't care about this little bitty gut drug. What no. they want is the research labs and the approvals right. and all the things that this company has so that they can start pumping in R&D dollars right. to develop more Mary Jane types yeah. of drugs moving forward. So let me just say this. I have never in my entire life partaken of this, uh, the herb, because I was asthmatic when I was, and I've been an, as, you know, an asthma uh-huh. guy. I've had asthma my whole life. And I was always worried about my, you know, wasteoid buddies who was going to be like, if I have a reaction, be like, hey, man, you got to drive me to the yard. Be like, what, bro? What's going on, man? Like, do you want, like, I have lays with ridges and some Pringles. And I'm like, oh, God. You know what I'm saying? So in my later age, though, I've opened up to the concept of, you know, you know. That is such a 1980s version of what you just did right there. Like, that is straight out of the, you know, marijuana's gateway drug. Yes, yes, yes. Dare. Listen, All of it. I, when I was 18 or 19, I bought into that. By the time I was 20, I was like, government's stupid. But <laughs> uh, And so I've been pro-legalization or pre-decriminalization at the very least for a long time. And in my lifetime, it went from highly illegal to state, you know, like legalized at a state level. Sure. And... Um, here's what the argument was was like well the reason that they won't do that the reason they will legalize is actually because the pharmaceutical companies they can't make millions of billions of dollars on it i'm like you you're stupid because they will take part of a the cannabinoid uh molecular structure Mm -hmm. and they'll inject it with some other crap and people don't understand how patents like it's really just like well this used to use velcro now it uses a magnet it's a new patent right right it, and well, people, and that's the whole thing. That's the pharmaceutical yeah. industry. Like, and like people don't understand, that, and, and yeah. people who don't take pharmaceutical drugs. So I have inhalers for my asthma, and the inhaler that I got was the same my whole life. But then the patent ran out on it, and then everybody could make one. And then what's this? The pharma companies went to the government and said, well, these inhalers are bad for the environment. 
So the government said you have to use a specific type of inhaler that isn't bad for the environment. Yep. And then the pharmaceutical companies get to go, well, hey, look at this. We have a new patent to file. Um, and that's mm-hmm. so like the inhaler changed when I was like 26 or something. And I, to the like, HFA yeah. inhalers. Yeah. Correct. I know. Yeah. Right. So that they could get a new. It, it was literally just a scheme for them to get a new mm-hmm. piece of intellectual property IP that they could monetize. So I was paying $5 to get them. And now they're $50 a month. Right, because of the mechanism, not even the drug itself. Correct. It's exactly the same as what and you use. It doesn't your entire work life. as good. It does not yes. work as good. But if you ever travel to a foreign country, you can walk into a pharmacy, write on a piece of paper what you want, and they'll just give it to you. And it's the original one, which I like better. So, as someone who lives not too far from the Mexican border, I occasionally am, you know. Uh, he didn't say that. No, no, no. <laughs> That's- well, look, here, here's the point. This is why I so, said at the so, beginning that so, no one should like the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, right, no one. Right, but let me just, what I was trying to get at was, if there's a way for them to carve out a mechanism to make money with something mm-hmm. that, uh, that listen, your wasteoid uh, pothead friends don't understand the nuances of intellectual property and economics. And right. what I was trying to inform them of is, hey, pal, it doesn't matter. They'll find a way, bro. Uh, you know, evil pharma execs find a way. All right? Well, absolutely, they would. But here, look, here's the deal. This, to me, is yet another example. This now gives Pfizer and other... Look, they're not the only ones. Johnson & Johnson bought a company very similar to this a couple of years ago. A Canadian research R&D company bought a different one in 2017. Uh, an old over the um, uh, Tilray, which is big in Canada and Europe, bought right. a different company very similar to this a couple of years ago as well. So in the last three or four years, now this gives Big Pharma... Right a reason to now put pressure on the United States government to, to approve legalization, every, yeah. to approve legalization and and this gives them that that inside step right right and and it they look I'm a capitalist legalize it all and Me just too. tax the hell out of it so no, leave it I'm let everybody make money legalize it all don't tax anything because that's okay stealing. that's not no, it's not. That anyway, the point. <laughs> yeah. That completely different conversation. Right. So look, this is this is a this is them going because look, they can make a lot of money in a lot of different ways. They don't need Correct. cannabis to make money. They don't need Mary Jane to make money. However, they don't. if they think it's gonna get legalized and it's yet another way for them to make money, They're then I'm in. Right? Yeah. Like that's and that's where this they is at to me. They don't they don't need cannabis to make money. Because they can just get the government to force you to take their uh, stuff. So um, why would they want Danny, a job? Danny, buy our thing. Okay, we're not getting into Danny's conspiracy theories. Uh, the point on. is, is they look. This is why I say nobody should like pharmaceutical companies, but they, and I don't even know that they're necessary, but they are right. a capitalist thing in that they they bring medications that come out of these you know, these research and research, R&D, these yeah. little grants, and they bring it to the pop, the population. That's right. what pharmaceutical, what we call big pharma, right. that's yeah. what it does. It yes. That's its purpose, is actually not to create drugs, but to bring it to the big market. Right. And well, that they, is a they, lot of money, right? Yeah. To, and it, it costs something like a billion dollars just to get a drug through the FDA. Right. Okay. 
And so here's the thing is, as a guy who believes in a pure free market, I end up in this weird nexus, like uh, type of the nexus of the universe where I go, well, Hey, listen, I, I am a person who has personally benefited from pharmaceuticals. Um, I am a big proponent of free markets and here's where I think a lot of people, the reason they hate them is because Listen, they have an army of attorneys and it's just part of being in the drug business. And if you if you have to if you have a sector of your business that uh, that is sitting dormant as a means of defense and you can deploy them while they're not defending and you can deploy them offensively to go file IP patents and develop intellectual property, which the value of IP strictly comes from the government saying no one else can do this. That's it. Right. It's not a mechanism of a free market. It's a mechanism of a regulated market. So it, it promises an ROI, right? So right. a medical patent, so if you come up with a new drug, the right. FDA gives you 10 years to make as much right. money as you want. And then after that 10 years, if it nothing changes, right, right. then that patent can go to generics and other generic manufacturers can make it right. that formula, they, right? Even that, even that formulation still ends up in the hands of generic manufacturers and they still pay licensing on that. So this is not like oh, purely... they don't just say you can't make any money off this anymore. Correct. But look, this is, this is where, again, I, along with you get in this nexus because if yeah. you and I sold a product believing what you and I believe, right. if I can get somebody to spend a hundred dollars on a t-shirt, then I should be right. able to let someone pay me a hundred dollars for a t-shirt. Correct. However, when you get to a, a company gets to a certain size, the population, the general population, especially the last couple of years, has decided that you should no longer be able to say, hey, give me $100 for this T-shirt. Right. And be able to take that. You have a responsibility to do the right thing and sell that T-shirt for $20 instead of 100 because you're a multi-billion dollar company. Well, so... Here's what I th here's what I think, right? I, I think the problem is I'm not buying the T-shirt. I have I have clothing insurance, which is a stupid concept, but I have clothing insurance, and my clothing insurance says, okay, you get X number of T-shirts a month or a year. Right. We, we get you, we'll let you have eight T-shirts a year. So instead of the T-shirt, which you would sell me for a hundred dollars, which is an amazing profit for you, and you're happy. The clothing insurance company goes, how much is it? $1,250? I guess his premiums are going up next year. Right. We'll give you two fifty and yeah. collect the rest from him. Correct. No, and, and, so and I get problem. that that's a portion of it. But in yes. still in totality, we have right. a, 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 for whatever reason, and look, we're doing this with millionaires too, right? Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and everybody else. We're saying yeah. that they should, trillionaires, billionaires, millionaire. Uh, yeah. Like there's this mentality that because you're a big company, you have a moral responsibility. I just don't know if I necessarily agree with that because if it wouldn't apply to you and small business, then you're then it would be unfair to because if you the whole goal of any small business is to become a medium business and right. then a large business correct so otherwise otherwise are, what are we doing here with our dicks in our hands what's the are point? you going to have that same responsibility yeah, if you so, succeed in going from small medium to large i don't that's, know that's more of a socio-political question and my answer to that is no your moral obligation 
is to do what you want. And most human beings are like, no one wakes up in the morning and says, man, I really hope I can make a million dollars this in this new year <laughs> so I can give 400,000 of it so the government can go buy something I don't even want them to have. Or well, like, and tell you that whatever it is you're selling can't be sold for that much money yeah. because you have a moral obligation to lower the cost of it, right? So, so right. So, and and here's the other thing I will point out: companies are not going to manufacture and sell goods that no one will buy because they're too expensive. For and I'm just I'm just giving an example to people. Mm. If you look at the cost of pharmaceuticals and the ease of getting them. In countries that aren't the United States, not if you're looking at the countries outside of the Western world, you know, I my family is from India. They travel back there often. It's perfectly legal and responsible. You can go and buy your prescription drugs while you're there. I know people in my family who have diabetes. Their drugs are six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month with their insurance, with medic, with everything you can get on it. Mm-hmm. And they go there and they can buy a year's supply of medication for $100. And you look at the package, it's made in the good old US of A. It's yeah. made right here. It's not some knockoff from there. It's literally made right here. And, you know, there's a thousand reasons why it's that expensive. But the reality is, if you make anything in this country that nobody can afford to buy, you, what's the point? Nobody will make that. But the right. point is, there's a mechanism for Pfizer, Merck, any of these big companies to get you to buy something. And that's forced through legalization, all these other different ways that they can get you yeah. to buy something that is infl- at an inflated cost. So the lack of a free market in pharmaceuticals, and I'm, 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 I'm going to say there isn't a free market no. because they're allowed there's, to go there's to the, not. Because they're allowed to go to the government, the government backs. Uh, so it's. Well, and there's only a half a dozen companies. You just said it's a million dollars to get through, a billion dollars to get through the FDA. You're this this company that just got bought out, right? The Arena Pharmaceuticals. They weren't going to be able to afford the billion dollars to get this drug through the FDA, right? Right. There's what a half a dozen companies in the entire United States that can afford to do that: Pfizer and Merck and Johnson Johnson. And and that's because that's if you have ten drugs, that's ten billion you're trying to get through. Well, and at any given time, they all have multiple of these things going on because it's a it's a rolling wheel of okay, what's coming out this year, next year, right, or whatever. So all I'm getting at is the like Mexico. We're, you know, in Texas, we have, we can just, there are people who I know personally who make a nice vacation out of a trip to go get drugs every year. And I'm talking about their <laughs> prescription drugs. I right? don't know anybody like this. This is 100% on day. I don't know anybody like this. Go ahead. Uh, no, because I think it's a 90-day supply or 180-day supply you're allowed to buy legally right sure. across the border. And they, I, the people that I know, they're very responsible. They take the prescriptions with them. So they have every right and reason to do that. When I used to live up in Minnesota, the former senator, I think it was Paul Wellstone, used to load up a bus of elderlies and take them to Canada to, to buy their prescription drugs. Yeah, no, personal use and stuff like that. Look, they, yeah. they, they are allotted. And if you live in an area, if you live close to Mexico, if you live close yeah. to Canada, then it's convenient. If you don't, then it can be much more difficult as a process. Right. And that's their whole point is is if you live in uh, northern Oklahoma and yeah. you have a prescription that's $1,000 a month, how do I get it from Canada yeah. or Mexico? You don't. 
and you don't, right? Yeah. Um, but to bring it back to this story, look, the, the story is actually a good story for right. Pfizer and for this company, for, for Arena Pharmaceuticals. Right. Pfizer is giving them, you and I have talked a lot about... Um, Huge acquisitions. Uh, acquisitions, right, here recently in the last year and stuff like that. And we've t also talked a lot about the stock acquisitions where really right. they're giving you zero dollars, right? right? Because until you sell it, it's zero dollars in your pocket. Stock, yeah. But in this case, it's an all-cash transaction for $100 a share. Well, $6.7 billion is like me going to for Pfizer, especially after the last two years they've had. Just, yeah. you know, great, great for their balance sheet. It's like me going to fill up gas and going, I guess I'll get premium today. That's it. <laughs> that's it. But that's yeah. my, is they're giving them cash, which is rarer in today's right. world. Right. And they're essentially, and what that tells me though, again, going back to what they think the future is. Right? right, with Mary Jane and cannabis and, and all this kind of stuff, is they think this is a future because they're willing to spend that $7 billion, scratch out a check, I'm right. buying everybody out of this company. There's no one that's going to maintain any right. ownership in this company. Right. Whoever has been running the show, owning the show, investing in this right. show is gone. They have right. no say. This is a Pfizer show from here on out. Tells right. me that they're they're not only dipping a toe in. But they're, they're in... They're going they're, all in. They're in knee deep today. Right. But they're so, going all the way in. You know, that's yeah. it's not a new thing for the pharmaceutical industry, but I think Pfizer getting in, I think you'll see very very in, in the very near future Merck get in yeah. as well. Um at Johnson and Johnson's, like I said, is already no, in. in. Um Big Tobacco, which is it's weird to talk about big tobacco and yeah, big farm in the so same story, anymore, but right. big tobacco still is getting into this industry, the cannabinoid, the cannabinoid industry as well. Yeah, as they um, should. Trying to make that transition because they already have the pipeline. They already have the yeah. manufacturing. They already have, yeah. you're just replacing one substance for another With substance. Another, yeah. Uh, so it makes sense, right? Um, you have, you're, that, and that's essentially what you're doing here is you're laying groundwork. For yeah. an infrastructure for a drug that's not there yet. And yeah, and I think that, you know, when legalization comes around, which I think is I think we're two to two to four years away from federal legalization, when it actually happens, um, you're gonna want both sides of it. You're going you're going to want the pharmaceutical applications and the, you know, um just uh recreational applications as well. It wouldn't so. surprise me, and again, this is not a political show, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is something that comes up early to mid-2022 that yeah. gets pushed through all by itself, not attached to a whole bunch of other stuff, right. but all by itself as a midterm elections kind of win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's very popular, right? It's very and it's popular. Very, and the former president uh, was at the, at the outset of his... Uh, like when he, it looked like, you know, when he, when he actually had already won, mm -hmm. was talking about this is something that he wanted to do was federal legalization. And which was weird coming from that side of the aisle. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those things where he picked a lot of bad people and it couldn't happen. But that would have been a win. But that's what I'm saying. It's an easy win for the so person easy. that pushes it through. Yes. And, it, and if you did it all by itself, and then you could turn around and and you could let a certain population out of certain eight by nine places yeah, apartments right. um, that are attached to it and say, <laughs> "Hey, is a here's wild a bunch way of, to say it, bro. 
I'm just saying, I'm trying yeah. to say it without saying it, but oh. you could combine those two things and it looks like a big win that's Huge. very popular, by the way. Huge. It's very popular Huge. with the general very, public. Yes, it's actually very popular with both Team Red and Team Blue, actually. Exactly. That's all so. That's all I'm saying. It would not surprise me it, it, spring of next year. It just goes, hey, we're going to run this through real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, we're going to write as many articles as we can of about course. it, talk about yeah, it, whatever. Gonna, but It's going to make them look so good. Bam, 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 bam. Right? Yes. And and it would be one of those. Anyway, just my yeah. thought could right. happen. And that's, that's what it'll take for a state like Texas to get on board, by the way. Texas will never, which ever. I, which, which bothers me about living. Like, that's the only thing. Otherwise, I like love everything about it. But You have to take with the good the bad. That's right. We're going to move on to this next story. But before we do that. I want to tell you about Acre Gold. Listen, the world is only getting wilder and crazier, and your tinfoil hat can't protect you like you thought it could. <laughs> I want you to meet the new store of value. It's gold. It's the same as the old store of value. It's God's money. Timeless and thoughtfully designed. Two and a half grams of gold that you can get from Acre Gold as a subscription model allows you to build up an account with enough money in it, and when you hit that number, they just send you two and a half grams of gold. The future is going to be wild, my friends, and some people believe that gold is a great hedge against inflation, which in the last year was 7.6%. I'm not suggesting that that's the case, but I'm not saying I don't own a bunch of gold and silver. So, whatever. Precious metal should always be a part of your investment strategy. Always. So, uh, that's, that's the big man's opinion that has nothing to do with Danny or Mark Explained Podcast, <laughs> Stupid Large Media LLC, or Texas Texas Dumb Podcast LLC. Uh, you can you can click the link down in the description down below, and you can go get started with Acre Gold today. You just gave away one of our like uh, show ideas, Danny. Don't ever do that again. Texas Dumb Pod. I love that. Anyway, okay. all right. What's our next story? Our next story is, Hey, dude, are you familiar with Hey, dude? Okay, I was not familiar with Hayden Shoes. So here's the thing, right? Sometimes, so our last story, big pharmaceutical company acquires another pharmaceutical company for a silly number. That happens every day. Absolutely. I've never heard of Arena Pharmaceuticals, but I don't expect to. Now, I'm a, I was at one point in time in my life a fashionable guy, okay? I tend to think of myself as someone who's aware at the very least, aware of clothing brands and whatever. Absolutely. Couple couple months ago, I was hanging out with a buddy and, and I was like, like, where did you get these like Chinese knockoff shoes that they're and it says hey dude on them? Cause it just felt to me like someone who's not a native English speaker who put something on a shoe. And he goes, You don't know what these are? He's like, they're all the rage. You know, he has a 13 or 14 year old son and he's like, bro, all of his friends, he wanted a pair. I tried them on. I bought a pair. He's like, I own four pairs. I was like, what is going on? This is an Italian company called Hey Dude. And it got acquired by Crocs because it was doing too good of a job of being viral on TikTok or the internet in general. (laughs) And they spent $2.5 billion on it. But let me tell you what the market thought of that. Crocs stock took a tumbly tumble. Uh, to the tune of 12% in a day. All right. So, look, two things. First Buy that of all, dip, ha- bro. 
having chips by that day. Having fourteen and two thirteen year old boys like I do. Right. Um, I I have never been much of a sneaker head. Right. Right. However, right. having children the way I do and the way they go through shoes because right. they all play sports and whatever, I've had to adjust my knowledge of things yeah. like shoes and just so-sos, which apparently a thing and all these different and what they are, are these these European or Asian shoe manufacturers that just put out these brands and they're typically just like Hey Dudes, only available online. Right? right, you can't go into a. You're not going to go into a academy and find hey dudes. You're not going to go into right. an academy and find just so sos, and it, or you or a Foot Locker for that matter. Right, they make right. these in, in the billions of shoes, and then right. they they put them in an online platform, whether it's right. on, uh, Amazon or whatever. Right, and then they sell them until they're gone, and then they, you know, if they were a popular yeah. shoe, they make more. If they don't, they're gone. They don't, Who cares? Yeah. Right. right. And, you know, and that's kind of Hey Dude, which to me, when I looked these up, I had to look them up. I didn't know what Hey Dudes were. They're right. they're a penny loafer in a Type, material. Yeah. They, they look like a penny loafer in the yeah, shape. They, they look like a, a moccasin is a little probably more accurate kind of term. Penny loafer but is an penny, old school, old school yeah, term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but, uh, so, but yes. But yeah, but he's right there. Here's what I'm saying. I don't get it. Okay. They're a casual I, shoe. But I don't get it. That's the problem. So I don't know if this is me being an old, but <laughs> I don't understand why the kids like it. I understand why the kids like Jordans or whatever the sneaker is. But that Jordans aren't the thing anymore. See, that's the that's there is no reason. There's a yeah, lot of I, trends in society right. that have, no, have reason. no reason. It's just something that people caught on to, a particular TikTok star or a particular musician whatever. or a particular whatever. And guess what? It's been that way since like the 50s and 60s, folks. Yeah, okay? I agree with you, but I'm just saying I, I'm lamenting that I don't understand and I feel like a, a guy who is a professional and lifetime VCR mechanic, and <laughs> he gets frozen in ice, and he wakes up, and everybody's streaming from Netflix, and he goes, "What? You're going Encino Man on it? Yeah, but, but, I, what? What is going on here? I think the market reacted for your same reason that you're right. you're talking about. You have a company, Crocs, that is a very niche market, and and guess it's what? A huge market has lasted long." Since what? I thought it was like I thought, there's no way in this company is going to make it in Dude, the long term. And has they did they did an exclusive croc with Post Malone, okay, and it sold out. <laughs> well, but that's my point. Is is it something that did right? Yeah. I thought when it first came out, there's no way this can catch on. I, there's there's just no way. And then they actually started opening up croc stores and and you know this kind of stuff so right. to them i have no doubt they look at this as a way to branch out diversify and that's right. what the the ceo said hey this is a a um, diversification play the right. problem is is a company their their stockholders said this does not make sense right you pay 2.5 billion dollars for a online shoe brand Right. That is not in your wheelhouse. But, and here's the thing. I think this is a simple case of um, 
they have retail stores, so they have an additional outlet, which they own. So they right. own their own retail. So they have a vertically aligned supply chain. <clears throat> and they go, hey, listen, we can stick this in our stores. So we have an opportunity so we can we have an, uh, a route to expand. And if we don't buy them, what is the risk that they like? Because Crocs emerged into the market, and this happened in our lifetime. <clears throat> and they're everywhere all of a sudden, right? Everybody's wearing them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you expected them to fall off, but they just kept getting bigger. Now, if you're Crocs, you go, hey, look what we did to Adidas. Look what we did to Nike. Look what we did to these established players in the game. We came in, and we we really shook things up. Now, hey, dude's going to come do that to us. Hey, dude's going to come disrupt Crocs because Crocs proved there's a market for ugly casual shoes. Right. So, and you know, they have billions of dollars in revenues. So, hey, dudes is going to come disrupt the market that Crocs created. Crocs, being a smart company, goes, we're going to just own you. So, there's two two ways to look at this where we all know that stocks are an emotional game. Yes. Right? So, people react like Danny just reacted to the Money's story. Money's emotional. And then they sell their Croc stock because they don't get it. And $2.5 billion sounds like a lot of money. Now, I say that. There's a different way to look at this. Now, again, I don't necessarily agree. I'm just going with this. Yeah. They're estimating right now this company, right, is Hey Dude, is selling about $500,000, or I'm sorry, $500 million is their revenue. Now, that's not yeah. profit. That's their revenue. That's their revenue. Right? Yeah. It's expected to grow in with its growth that it's been growing during the last couple of years. Right. That number is expected to be about $700 million in 2022. Now, okay. when you look at that and you go, okay, we paid $2.5 billion. Right. And it's generating a revenue of let's just call it $750 million over the next three or four years. Right. Then you say, okay, that number's not crazy. If I was right. buying a house and I said, hey, I could get my revenue return on investment in four or five years, that's not bad math. I mean, now, it's not really sec- bad math at all. Yeah. The second thing that you add on top of that is you get into this, and I thought this was an insane thing, but it's actually a real thing. Okay. Uh, taking stock with teens survey, which apparently is a survey company that that surveys specifically teens and what they're okay. doing and what they're wearing and what they're spending money on. Because if you really look at it, teens, even though they're not the demographic with the money, that's still 22 to 45. Right. The, the amount of money that that 22 to 45 demographic is spending on teens is obscene, is, right, right, in today's yeah. world. So this brand is one of the fastest rising brand in their tracking twice a year, right, from this past year, 2021. So you go, okay, Crocs is not only purchasing what they think might be a return on their investment in less than five years, but then on top of it gets to a market that they probably have zero share of right now, which is teens. Right. And that, that, so they're buying market share, they're buying a competitor that's going to, that they're concerned is going to, um, eat their market share, so they're growing and they're avoiding co- competition, which is which is a smart play. And it's just here's what's crazy to me: in the you know mid two thousands, early two thousands, like model of direct to consumer, online only, Warby Parkers and that kind of you know and you know mm-hmm. Plum Mattress and all these other companies. <laughs> a guy starts a shoe company in Italy, 
I don't understand why they're cool. I get why Yeezys are cool. Okay, I get why Yeezys are cool because they're different. Yeah. They they look different. And, they're yeah right. But I don't understand why anybody wants these. Okay. I, 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 and that may be exactly why Crocs makes this play is because they're all right. very similar. They have like right. 16 different versions of the shoe. They all look the exact same to me. They just have right. made out of different materials and they be yeah, slightly different, different color, or whatever. Yeah. But the point is, it's a very basic, like you, uh, what did you call it? A, uh, I, I call it penny. It's a very basic moccasin esque, yeah. right? Shoe. Um, and they all look that way, but some color differences. But look, it may have also been that Crocs said, hey, we had the money. They're yeah. up 93% this year in 2021 yeah. as far as stock share. So them turning around and within a day losing 12% still puts them up 70-something percent for the year. Yeah, their so, overall is still up. So even if they thought, hey, we're going to get some backlash on this, yeah, they, it's still they had the money to do it. They, yeah, they, it's still a high-growth year, make an yeah. acquisition that you think may be a little ugly that people may not like, right. and but as long as you have to show a profit, you'll keep growing in the stock market. Right. And, hey, listen, they have the supply chain in terms of manufacturing. Like, there's, the, you know, once they kind of, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to monetize the unit economics of this in a very positive way. Um, and they'll end up with a larger share of the shoe market. So... I'm Especially still if it maintains its popularity. Right. It, which, it, it, if it's in a growth trajectory, if you're doing $700 million a year in sales and, and top line revenue, I don't know. I can call you a fad. I don't think you're a fad anymore. I think you're just part of the market now. You're part of the market mix. It's hard you know, because shoes are different. Shoes are different. And when I say that, Again, now I grew up dirt poor. I had one. I had a pair of shoes and a pair of boots at any given time, and that was what I was a lot. Yeah. However, so in today's world, teens' closets have fifteen pairs of shoes. They have shoes that they wear is, for basketball, shoes yeah. that they wear to go to school in, shoes right. that they wear when they get home, shoes that they go outside in, shoes that right. that are comfy that they Which, enjoy. I grew up lower middle class, and my parents became middle and upper middle class while I was growing up really didn't become upper class till much later but like i didn't have a i got one pair of shoes for the school year and they mm -hmm. had to they had to be gym shoes because if you, if you have gym class that's so that was it <laughs> exactly. i didn't get casual yes. shoes i had right. dressed shoes for church on sunday right and then um you know i lived, grew up in minnesota so obviously I had snow boots but snow boots were bought two sizes too big and you just use them through two seasons Right. Because you didn't walk around in your snow boots. You walked around in your sneakers. But yeah, you, what you're saying is correct. Kids of the gener new generation, the younger generations, have more than one pair of shoes, which I'm like, well, congratulations. And you have laptops and tablets that cost thousands and phones that cost thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's why I think when you say 700 million, I don't know that it's necessarily that many shoes because what you'll see is you'll see somebody. Into, and again, I only know this because I have teenage boys. Yeah, you will see teenage boys that my kids go to school with that. If this is their thing, that's popular, popular in their high school or their middle school, yeah. there will be kids more than just a couple that have really? five different versions of this because they wear really? a different one every day of the week. It's not, hey, I'm buying this and this is what I'm wearing every day. Right. It's I'm buying this in gray because I want it to go with this. I'm buying this in black and then purple and then yellow yeah. and then whatever. People's parents are spoiling their kids. You know? I, I, I don't know about that. I'm just saying that that's the way I see the teenagers right, right, right. 
and stuff like that work out with. So to say their customers may not be as much as you think right. for that amount of revenue, it could be a, they could have a much smaller market share, but I don't think Crocs right. cares. In no. them, it gives them another sales version of a different shoe that right. they can put in all of their Crocs retail stores, stores right. and whatever, and it gives you another reason to walk into their store. Right. Totally. That's all. Well, I think we, we're going to, you know, that, I think that's, we, we caught that one. Um, yep. Let's move on to this next story before we do that, of course. <laughs> big man gear. Big man gear is the big man's idea of a funny t-shirt brand. You guys <laughs> should definitely check it out. You can buy from Amazon Prime by going to bigmangear.com. Um, and they uh, did turn down my newest uh version, but you know what? We're gonna get over it. I'm gonna work through with, as well, Danny says, our good over. friend Jeff Bezos. Right. So I'm we're gonna, gonna we're gonna work through it. They did they did knock down my latest idea, but I'll I'll figure Jerks. it out. Uh, so oddly enough, this uh, his t-shirt design had something to do with GameStop, <laughs> and uh, this next story is about GameStop's new NFT marketplace. Now. Uh, as you guys know, I, I write up these stories and I put a little headline in there. GameStop, GameStop embraces its meme magic and pivots into NFTs. Should rebrand as Funko Land. <laughs> now, for those of you outside of the awareness, you're outside, you're not hip enough. Uh, Funko Land was the two or three different companies merged to create GameStop. Mm-hmm. One of them was Funko Land headquartered in Edina, Minnesota, cake eaters from down the highway from where I grew up. We call them cake eaters because they're wealthy. And um, Funko Land was my, like when I had a Sega Genesis, going into the Funko Land of Mall of America to buy something was with my grandfather who didn't understand what was going on. I feel like I'm a lot now, but I'm just saying like, you know, because he knew I wanted to buy something there. Uh, it was such and so nostalgic, and now right. I am the market. I am the market for NFTs, and GameStop has this unique opportunity to bring back an old name to nostalgia bait me into using because there's a bajillion platforms to buy NFTs on, and this I really really think instead of NFT.GameStop.com. They need to call this Funko Land because that's hilarious. Okay, I I don't know anybody's going to hear that but you and I, but I, I, I that would be awesome. They're not going to yeah. do it because well, no, right now it. the GameStop and the GameStop mean thing no, for no, them no, to I rebrand. Uh, I, I tweeted well, there you go. But for them to rebrand, I don't think they were going to do it. Okay? I don't think they should the rebrand the company. I think they should rebrand their NFT platform. That's all. Their NFT platform. That maybe that. But but here's yeah. the deal. Look, they're gonna play, and as they should, make as much money off of the last year as they can. Yes. And let's back up a little bit. So what yes. created what what started this whole GameStop meme, that kind of stuff. I'm not gonna go into all of it, but I'm just gonna talk prices for you. In August of 2020, right? Yeah. Um, GameStop as a stock, as a company. Because we all know GameStop, buy and sell video games, been around forever, right? You go and get your newest stuff. Um, GameStop in August 2020 was hovering about $5 a share. Right. And then from August to when it hit its high in January of 2021, it went from that $5 a share to its high of $325 a share. Right. And is now... 
almost, well, more than a full year later, hovering around $150 a share. Yeah. Now, on a company that, from a retail perspective, has not changed in that 14 months. Right. Does that make sense? Right. So this this is driven by the GameStop meme stock, right? GameStop meme stock that we're talking about. Now, in May, they actually created this website. Right. That was going to be GameStop NFT, but it it had no other information on it. This whole story was now created because this past week they've updated that website, and well, we all know that in a in an environment, and this happens more often on pink sheet stocks, penny stocks, right. and stuff like that, than it does typically on Nasdaq, S and P, the big boys, the big boards. Right. On a penny stock, you see a lot of this. A single update can be big bucks for a penny stock to go from seven cents to thirty-seven cents because of news, an update, or whatever. So I find it funny that a big board stock, just because of a website change, is driving this kind of, you know what I mean, hype and whatever. But it is in a popular way, and they updated it with some new graphics and a new right. theme. And, of course, the theme being, what is it, P- power to the players, power right. to the creators, power to the collectors. Now, this is not supposedly, and they haven't given any official information on, A, when this is supposed to come out and work, or B, right. what it's completely supposed to be. But according to what I find a, of a couple of different articles, the idea is they want you to be able to create sale and hold nfts all on this platform right and if they can do that through a platform that's out of the ashes of gamestop would be someone coming from it would be like blockbuster coming out to next week with a netflix competitor and it actually working right and um funny side story i bought a blockbuster card vinyl overlay for my credit card and i went somewhere for dinner yesterday and paid with my i was like do you guys take blockbuster and the waitress goes huh? <laughs> and i was like just stick it in the machine she's like oh, okay she's like, okay they still they make credit cards it was great um no you're right like from the ashes of this like business that you know, doesn't really have a reason to exist, but is super profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, became the subject of uh, the public ire because of you know they were trying to short squeeze, and mm-hmm. you know the the public tried to bet against the hedge funds. It was just great. The hedge funds just, were trying to put this out of company out of business. Really, correct. I mean, that's what yeah. they were trying to do. They and were trying they to push this stock to zero. And instead, the marketplace pushed back. And it was wild. The story about this one stock of this one company is wild. Mm-hmm. And it is a meme. And to me, when, because, you know, I, had a, I was having a conversation with a friend eight years ago, not eight years ago, six years ago. And he said, you know, you believe in this wild future. How do you think it's going to happen? And I said, meme magic is real. I said, we will use, memes will be used to influence the public and that was a wild idea that I only half believed back then. Right. But we are sitting in a future where they have rode with this stock and this company have rode the meme into the ground, which I love. I appreciate it. 
I will be releasing. This is a first, hear it here first, folks. <clears throat> My exclusive, the veteran NFT collection will be released <laughs> on the GameStop <laughs> NFT platform. Let me tell you something. I, if, if GameStop pulls this off, I will register and create NFTs with GameStop because of this, because of the history, because this is the epitome of, look, by all accounts, GameStop value is really that $5 a share it was 14 months ago. Right. Because that's what it was for years based on what stocks are based on sales and and you know what i mean profitability and whatever gamestop has done nothing in the last 14 months to change that pop you know what i mean that that right. model so it was, so it for was it to be that. worth 150 dollars a share means that a lot of people have bought in and still hold that stock yeah right because it's... if they sold all of it if everybody that had gotten in in december yeah. and january and february and march have sold their 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 spots, right? Right. It would have been pushed back down to that five dollars a share, right? And they have it, so they have to, you know, they have to do something. Absolutely. So if if GameStop can transition these highs and that equity into yeah. a new platform that does something that yeah. they would, you know, for the future, yeah, no, it would no. be say it, say the I, words. What? Say it. Me, me magic is real. Say me it. Magic. It would prove that me magic is real because this would be something that would go into business BA degrees, right? Yeah. And into history books, into business books and whatever as a as the population, right? The market. The market moving. pushback against yeah. a a something that's worked for decades. An, an insurmountable force. Right. Um, and they pushed back against it, gave a company a lifeline as a goof, as a joke on the Internet. And then the company went and said, hey, we're going to take this lifeline. We're going to double yes. down on it. Yes. And then we're not just doubling down on the, the lifeline. We're doubling down on the joke. And that's my point. This would be the first reference to that. As yes. a formula moving forward, because right. if it worked with GameStop, I mean, really, I mean, right. GameStop wasn't the only meme stock, but it, was it wasn't the, the only one. It was the first one in the take hold. Right. Yes. And again, people have held people yeah, have held first one. Of right? And this could really pay off for those people that held. Even the yes. people that may be holding where they bought it at $300 a share, this right. could ultimately pay off for them if the company, as you said, put takes this lifeline, and I think that's right. eloquently put, takes this you. lifeline and reinvests it and, and does create this product, which, look, it's not just the website that pushing the story. They also no. have several uh, job placements open where they're trying right. to hire people specifically for this. So they're actually this. trying to do it. This ain't a joke. They're not partnering with someone and loading out their name. They're really doing this internally. Now, I need to say this to the CEO of GameStop. I need you to look me right in the eye. (laughs) You need to call this Fund Co. Land. I don't care what you have to do to buy up the trademarks, the domain name. This platform, it is so, and it needs to have a 90s to early 2000s AOL era internet. Theme to it. The website should not be this slick willy. It has to be like it. 
because that I will buy. I the here retro. To buy. You're talking about the retro gaming style. The yes. retro, and the they retro did. Website. If you look at the, if you look at the new website, it has like a Game Boy esque right it logo does, but, on but it or whatever. I, but when I'm talking about a retro style website, I'm talking about the website for uh, David's Disposable, right? Like that that website from that company that went under, basically. Uh, that that app had a really interesting website. So okay. Anyway, anyway, so Danny wants a very 16-bit feel is what he wants. Yes. You know what I mean? With the old school green that everybody knows on a... Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it, um, and and I think that would be fun. I don't think it'll happen because they want to ride the GameStop name right. meme as far as they can go. Um, again, a third thing that is kind of play, you know, uh, portraying its legitimacy is it shows that they're using an Ethereum smart contract address right. on the bottom of it, which means they're partnering with Ethereum, which already obviously is making NFTs on several right. platforms like OpenSea well, and stuff like that. I'm going to correct the big man here because he's unaware because he's old. Sure. You can't really partner with Ethereum, but you chose Ethereum as the framework that you're going to use to sell NFTs. Semantics, but yes. If you if well, you choose to use Ethereum <clears throat> to to as far yeah. as the the price of creating right. the NFTs and that kind of stuff, partnering is is well so partnering to me insinuates somebody called the Vitalik Buterin from GameStop and said, hey, can we use your... That's not how it works. The platform is open. Anybody can jump on and use it. Sure. So, um, and what's interesting is if I was GameStop and I was building out the Funko Land NFT platform, which is, I'm just going to start calling it that to speak it into existence, um, I would be using, I would be talking, I would actually be talking to Cardano's founder, you know, IOHK, and I would be saying, hey, how quickly can you have this, your your smart contracts and NFTs up and running? Because we would, because if they go to the, uh, to the, to the smaller emerging mm-hmm. blockchain, Cardano's blockchain, I really do think that there's a bigger opportunity there. But this is the established player in the business. Everybody's using Ethereum to, to you know, Gary V's NFT, uh, you know, thing. They, they use uh, Friends uses this. So I'm just saying, like, it, it, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And if there's one thing I love to see, it is a prediction that I made coming true. And then <laughs> I didn't specifically say that GameStop would pivot into NFTs. All I ever said was, me magic is real. That's... Me magic is real, and Danny yeah. loves to bring it back to him being right. Like it happens Which... rarely, but he loves. No, it happens all the time. <laughs> if the day ends in Y, it's a day where I predicted something in the past and it came true. That's all. And if you make enough predictions, bound to be that's even correct. a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. That's right. Uh, all we're right. Gonna, well, we're gonna jump into this next story, but before we do that, I want to tell everybody about my website, workinghomestuff.com. In 2022, the likelihood of you returning to your office nears zero. You ain't going back, and um, you're probably going to get fired. So Don't say that. That's awful. You need to set up a home office. Workinghomestuff.com has all the stuff you need to get up and running with the right chair and desk combination for you. That is workinghomestuff.com. Yep. Now, this last story, our good friends. Tad Seguira, Christina Pabitsky, 
um, in their mom's house network, which is Tom Segura I and know. Christina Pajinski. Yes, that's go correct. Ahead. Well, it's so what's really funny is Big Man can never remember the name of this the people at this podcast. I cannot. He cannot remember the name of the podcast, so he always says, "Man, I was watching uh, what's it called, Mom's House." Mom, I was like, it's mom's, your mom's your mom's yeah, house. Your mom's house. Yes. So these these are two. These are a husband and wife comedian. They're actually funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year they moved to Austin from Los Angeles. Um, and they're funny in their own right. Like they don't tour together. It's not yeah, Tom and Christine. No, it's Tom Segura right. and, and Christina Pajiski. Like they're completely right. different shows. And if you if you didn't know, like they also have as part of their network, uh, Boris Car Charger, the machine. Um, who part of the gag of this organization is that everyone is always mispronouncing people's names on purpose. Mm-hmm. So I'm just being a mommy and I'm just embracing it, which is what they call their fandom, the mommies. Um, yep. They signed a multi-year agreement in which YMH Studios um, will integrate their staff into Stitcher, which is owned by SiriusXM, which Stitcher is the redheaded stepchild of podcasting and has gone from like has switched hands like four times, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to work to create some more uh unique content that exclusively gets published through Stitcher which Stitcher is just like anchor it publishes it everywhere so yeah so your mom's house is partners partnering with Sirius XM and all of their existing content which exi- which is your mom's house uh Dr Drew after dark the bear in 2k two bears one cave two bears one cave not the bear in two caves whatever okay yeah. and then uh, uh Christina has another one where she does something about um, where's your where mom's, mom's at, at? something where like that. At, so yeah. they're taking all of their existing shows, right. right, which five or six of them, they're moving all of those to Stitcher. Now, what I find interesting about this is that's only one part of this deal. Right. They're doing and, that part. The other but, part is to create content Right. then with Stitcher. So if you look at SiriusXM's biggest competition – at least, at least the way based on this deal, you would think their their biggest competition is Spotify. Spotify, and S- yeah. Spotify is so SiriusXM sees the writing on the wall and goes, nobody's commuting to their job, so nobody's going to be listening to the radio in their car, and nobody has a SiriusXM like no one's doing this at their computer or on their phone. Yeah, nobody's bought a SiriusXM dongle to go on their computer. Yeah. So they realize that we have to go to a digital platform. They have the benefit of being both digital and in your car and also stuff. But that infrastructure just isn't valuable the way it used to be. They realize, hey, if we're going to survive, we have to do something. So they buy Stitcher from EW Scripts. This was, I think, this year. Um, so they're going to make a huge a new focus on podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's called Sirius XM Podcasts. I think they also it. own Pandora, which is That's weird right. to me. That, I didn't know that. They also own Pandora. So, so your mom's house podcast is going to do all of their existing podcasts and have agreed to create content with Pandora and Stitcher on right. top of that. So right. it's not like the Joe Rogan where Spotify just, just said, hey, do your thing, right. and we're going to pay you for it. They want them to do their thing and partner and do stuff together as well on top of right. it. Right, and w- which is interesting to me is here is like a lot of people saw the story and thought, oh, great, now I have to have SiriusXM to listen to, to your mom's house. They're like, no, no, 
the deal, everything, the way you get your mom's house or any other YMH podcast stays exactly the same, which when you look at other deals that brought podcasts into a huger, bigger network Mm -hmm. was not the deal, was you have to exclusively use work on our app. So, uh, you know, because Joe Rogan, there's a big complaint people have with Joe Rogan. It's like you can't, you can't get it on YouTube anymore. You only get right. it on, on Spotify. Which is which where I, he found his audience, right? Right. And then you're where, expecting that audience now to follow you to Spotify, which is what Spotify wanted. And right. that just hasn't completely been the case. And I think, in, and this is me speculating, and, you know, I don't really hang out with Joe like I used to, uh, which was never, so I never hang out with him. But I think that he felt like he had become too much of a lightning rod. And, like, he just didn't want to be, he just wanted to be a pothead comedian with his buddies and just hang out and talk crap. And he wasn't allowed to do that because if he had one person on that was remotely political, everyone lost their marbles. And if he said he took a medicine prescribed by his doctor, everyone was like, he's going to kill people. Well, he did sell out two shows in Canada for January that he can't travel to Canada. Yeah, I know. But anyway, but yes. So look, here's what I find. Here's my best quote out of this entire story. And it's by Christina P is what she goes by. And it's quote, we couldn't say no to partners like this because they know what they're doing. They elevate what they're doing and they're paying us a lot of money. Yeah. End quote. Like that is her direct quote about this partnership like she got in the hey they know what they're doing which Sirius X-Men does not they have they've been around forever and can't seem to grow because they don't know what they're doing they have no idea they keep failing they have a decent product because if you have Sirius XM in your if you if you're one of those people like me I have Sirius XM I no longer listen to normal radio I would much rather listening to the things that I want to listen to whether i'm driving from austin to dallas and i don't have to deal with local radio shows and and whatever i get to listen to what i if you ever go to satellite radio you never want to drive a car without satellite radio ever again yeah and i know this as a fact because my sister uh bought a new vehicle and it came with a few free months of satellite radio and then like it ended and she's like i have an hour-long commute and i can't go back to regular radio so i have to buy so I know That's people my, who so are. So you have a product like that that you yeah. haven't been able to grow. You have right. a product that once people use, they never want to go back. And I don't. And I, you I don't. Can't yeah, grow. I agree. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So I, I think that you know YMH is the biggest studio podcast studio that, it, and that is not. To, and this is not disparaging to to Tom and Christina. I'm just saying like. Mm. There wasn't a larger talent. There wasn't a bigger podcasting name. They, it's not like they could reach out to a bigger company and say, hey, do you guys want to do a deal? Because they'd all be like, hey, man, you, your guys' boat's on fire and it's sinking at the same time? I don't think so. So their only opportunity is to make a hard pivot and pay someone like, and hope that YMH, together with Sirius XM, Stitcher, and Pandora, can grow. And I think Pandora, I think the, the fact that, I, and I learned that they own Pandora from this article. Yeah, well, see, look, I, I have, 
And I've definitely not watched your mom house as much as a bunch of people out there. I would not consider myself one of the mommies, but yeah. I do watch it on occasion. Um, it can definitely be too much for me. I mean, it is very, but yeah. to me, that's you really why have to I have think, a stomach. That's why it's funny. It, yes. And you, you have to find certain things funny that I don't always find funny, right? Yeah. It can be very brutal. But, but the point is, is that's why I think this may be a perfect marriage because right. they're the ones, their show is all about a dumpster fire right yes, like it's it, farts that, and dicks and all of them the two bears one cave the yeah that's the, a little more tame two bears is a little more tame um but your mom's house specifically with the two of yeah. them on there and the the, the guys it's that a produce wild the show operation. or whatever yeah. it's a wild show and that even when they get a guest on you think okay they're going to calm it down for guests no they do not and typically the guests are other comedians yes. right you know um but, but hey, they've had grant cardone on their podcast um, they've had, re they've had other non business, like they've had some business people, <clears throat> Tom on his Tom talks podcast has interviewed Kevin O'Leary and mm -hmm. Damon John from shark tank. So, you know, a Dr. Drew from the old love lines yes. is with, with, he does a show with Christina P right. But it's where dark. they basically is, do love lines wild. But you can definitely see Dr. Drew. And look, I used to listen to Dr. Drew way back on Love Lines on radio yeah. late night, right? Or uh, whatever. And uh, and Adam Carolla, right, was his opposite or whatever. There are times where you can tell even, to, you know, there are times during every episode yeah. where he gets embarrassed. Like, it's yes. Christina takes it to a place he's, he's where a, he's like. He, he is a board certified physician. <laughs> He yes. has his medical credentials are not to be trifled with. No, he is no. not some like he did not go to some Caribbean school and get a degree in psychology. He is a real legit doctor. And this is what he is doing. And he's been life. doing this for decades. Yes. By the way. So he his wisdom is off the charts. His his intelligence. Yes, he's is actually off the a charts. very smart guy. And I really do appreciate his insight into a lot of things. Him and Joe Rogan have a beef. Don't know what that is about. Want to learn more. Would <laughs> love to learn more. Imagine from his perspective, your partners, your main partners over the existence of your radio helping Podcast, people career yeah. are Adam Carolla and then Christina P. Right. Oh, Two yeah, it's, like, like that. But he play he does it well. Yes, he, he, he knows how to take job. a joke and rolls with and it. So, so the other thing, too, about these two is they pioneered a strong word, but you know, they, they realize that some of the stuff that they like to talk about is gross for me. I am grossed out. Okay? Uh, sure. And they, but that's them at a tame level. And they want to go further grossed out, and they can't on YouTube. So they established their own live streaming platform. Now, here's what happened. A company approached them and said, if you guys want to do a live stream where you get to show whatever you want, and they call it the heavy segment. Yes. And it is some of the, I just heard about some of the I'm stuff. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm out. I'm good. Sam. I'm out. I'm good. But that's my yeah, point is their show yeah. is a dumpster fire. Sirius XM or whatever is a, a boat catching fire. So yeah. it's like, they're like, well, hell, the what, what happened? Whatever. If, if Sirius XM or whatever, because two different companies merged to become Sirius XM, they right. used to be competitors. Because they're. Because the market did not have enough room for XM Radio and Sirius. Exactly. So you have uh, you have these people. What's the, from your mom's house 
perspective, from their perspective, yeah. what's right. the worst that can happen? This company folds Nothing. two years from now, and I go back to I keep my audience and keep going down yeah. YouTube. So they that's the thing is they get to keep everything. Everything that they're doing is the same. My guess is the only difference is the point of origin for their podcast. So we upload our podcast to anchor.fm. Correct. So the native app where this gets uploaded will probably be Stitcher. It doesn't matter. It's because it goes out to every, it goes to YouTube. Uh, so, their podcast will still be on YouTube. Apple podcast to everybody. It'll still be everywhere. So the, what difference does it make? So it doesn't make any difference to them and they get paid. Right. So what's crazy is they did those live streams. The company goes, what in the world? And, and they said, hey, we wrote this contract. And in the contract, we said, we're going to show you really gross stuff. And we actually contacted your executives and said, can we show you what we're going to put on the show before we do it so you don't yes. have a problem? They said, we'll, we're fine. They did not have a clue what the YMH community and the mommies out there were able to, to crowdsource. So what, what ended up happening is that company said, we're really sorry, but we have to take this off our platform. So they pioneered these live stream podcasts that they do. They did a live one here in Austin mm -hmm. with Joe Rogan. And it's like they show Joe Rogan the nastiest stuff. And there's a part of me that really enjoys watching him react. But what I'm trying to get at is these these aren't just your average podcasting comedians. These this like Tom Segura is a legitimate entrepreneur in his own right. Yes. And I do think he's and his production company will bring something to Sirius XM that they need. But what I was trying to say was they couldn't go get a Joe Rogan. They couldn't go no. get a bigger name. So what I'm saying is there could be a synergy here where Tom and Christina might not have had the clout in the market because they'll show you a video of a guy in a septic tank who's enjoying it for all the wrong reasons. Right. Which, they are not image. for everybody. They are not right. even Joe Rogan is a still a populist podcast, right? Yeah, he's still most for, of the things he, he talks about are, are popular, yeah. you know, ideals. He's he's a comedian, but he's down to earth. That he's right. still at what I would call in that you know, the pop music is called pop music for a reason, right? Most right. people like it, right? Joe yeah. Rogan still fits into that populist podcast list. Yes. So like Your Mom's House not, does not. No. But it's hilarious, and I, I am somebody who's not interested in poop jokes, and I will suffer poop and fart <laughs> yes. jokes. I like a good dick joke. Who doesn't like a good dick joke? Right. But I'm just saying I'm not a poop and fart guy. So, which is odd considering the rest of. And my if you are up for a different podcast, a yes. different than anything you've listened to, and you've never yeah. watched your mom house podcast, yeah. go and watch it. What yeah. and suffer through two so or three is, of them. So there is a two bears one cave. Where Boris Car Charger tells Tad Saguira that he drinks, I think it's 32 ounces or 64 ounces of Kool Aid every day. It's unstoppable. It's, it's Burt Kushner, <laughs> Kushner yeah. and Tom Segura. It's, Burt Kushner. But, and, and that's why they call it Two right Bears, One Cape. Kushner. Because they're both bearded Kreischer. Yeah, they're both Kreischer. But whatever. It's really, Kreischer, Kreischer, it's, whatever. Listen, it's a meme. Nobody ever pronounces his name correctly, which is why right. I keep seeing Boris Car And there's a. And when I say it's a meme, there is a guy who lost like 100 pounds and he said, you know, I did it because I was inspired by my my favorite comedian, the fattest comedian in the world. And he says, Bert Chrysler. And the 
the host of the morning show just goes along with it. Like, okay, so there's Bert Chrysler. That makes sense. Yeah. And right. Like, he's not even that fat. Like, you know, Ralphie Mae was No, too. no, no. But you, everybody knows him as a comedian. Yeah. He's the guy that ends up taking his shirt off all the yes. time. You know what I mean? During his comedy but, skits or whatever. So, but, yeah. so, like, no, this is... I. Here's what I think. I... I just want to close on saying this much. I think that this is going to be one of those things where because they do exclusively poop and fart, no one really takes them seriously. But Tom Segura is a legitimate entrepreneur and the crew he's put together, uh, you know, Patty, um, he used to be, his name used to be Nadav, but he moved to Texas. So he decided he's Irish now, <laughs> right? <laughs> which right. One of the oldest Jewish cemeteries in America is in San Antonio. So just well, relax. but look, the that. point is, is that and they mo- all moved to Austin, right? Yes. It, it, this year, and the they South moved Austin, their, though. Yeah. They moved their producers and everything with them. The whole right? operation. They brought the whole operation here. Um, and I, look, I think this is a and look, they have disclosed no money on this. Yeah. Like everybody knew the Spotify deal and Joe Rogan. They've disclosed no money. I'm assuming usually when they don't want to disclose it, it's because, hey, we're giving you some money up front, but we're sharing profits on the back end. And we don't want anybody to know that, right? As far right. as how much we're making and when we're making and that kind of stuff. Like movie deals. A lot of movie deals are this way where you make money on the back end, not the front end. Right. And then nobody discusses, discusses because nobody in the movie industry wants the producers don't want anybody to know how much they make and the, right. you know what I mean? The people, the distributors and, and nobody wants to know what anybody else is making. Cause they really don't want anybody to know how much profit it's made off of anything. Right. So I'm assuming there's front end and back end money here. So that's why they didn't disclose it versus Joe Rogan, where it's just, Hey, here's a bunch of money. Right. Now let me right. ask you a question in closing here. If you had to guess, what what kind of what what do you think the total compensation across this package is for YMH and to Sirius all the way around? Sirius is giving YMH. If you had a guess, we're just uh, speculating. We're speculating. Yeah, but and this is one of those things. It, I think it has a lot of upwards potential. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the deal that they're getting bottom is in the tens of millions. Yes. I think with the potential of hundreds of millions so, on the back end if it yes. does what they hope it does. So here's what I think. I think they're looking at Earwolf, they're looking at Wondery, they're looking at Barstool, and they're saying, hey, this is a small niche group of people mm-hmm. that has the talent and the infrastructure, and if we just pour fuel on their fire, they're going to be able to build that other stuff. Here's what I think. I think they there's this couple is so respected in the comedy community. I and I think that there's so much heat and attention coming on to Austin. I think that they're gonna build I think their deal is at minimum ten million with an upside to twenty five to thirty million annually. And I think that this is actually gonna succeed. That's why I say that the deal I would not be surprised if the front end number was as yeah. low as ten or fifteen million dollars. Right. Right? Like I wouldn't be surprised. I don't surprised. think it's below ten. I don't think it there's would, any way it's it, below ten. Uh, it wouldn't even surprise me if it was five million dollars. If it it I, but my point is because what they I guarantee why they've said and, and that's why they didn't say this. Because right. it would be what you would think after Joe Rogan signing a billion you know what I mean? A yeah, billion dollar deal. Million. It, it would million. Whatever, but it would sound like a small amount of money, which is part yeah, of the reason I think they didn't is, put yeah. out there, right? Which is, by the way, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, um, you know, uh, hired Tom Segura when Tom was just a starting out, starting out as a comedian. 
uh, to open for him, and that is where a lot of his career success that he he would credit it to. And that's and, a lot of these guys have done that for each other. Correct. It's not right. just Joe Rogan's kind of made that a mission correct. of his, to, yeah. and he still does. He that's part of the reason the whole Austin Comedy Club. He wants to yes. give what he considers new new comedians that don't Starting. get an opportunity in today's world right. uh, a better opportunity, a place to come and actually grow and work on. Because he's a guy that believes in you have to work on your craft. He's a right. comedian. You have to build jokes. You, they right. just don't write themselves. You have to build out jokes right. and you have to test out jokes and, and manipulate them and whatever he right. believes in com- comedy as a as a craft as an art form not and that's not every comedian right believes that way right he does though so some, he wants some, to build some comedians don't believe in writing they just believe go out there start talking record it chop it up that's what they think yeah. uh, and, and but he believes in that so the point though is is i think it's a small number up front smaller than you would think Right in that five, ten, fifteen million dollars. But if it does take off, if it does right. really push SiriusXM, Stitcher into the that hey, this is a podcasting giant. We're going to compete with Spotify. Right. I bet you it's worth ultimately hundreds of million dollars, like yes. you said, where it's twenty five, thirty, thirty five million dollars a year right. for five, ten years. And now all of a sudden, what they get on board for doing something they were going to do anyway, right? Because they were trying to build the studio, like their business, and they were already, because there's car, there's podcasters, like a car podcaster called Smoking Tire, who Tom's just friends with and is like, hey, I'll get you better ad deals if you give me a little cut on the back end. You don't even have to call yourself YMH. And he did that, and he's like, I've never got ad rates this good. And he, t- he took a little bit on the back end, so he's a really shrewd businessman. Um, and I think that this is that's podcasting moving forward. The podcasting is, is what to me, the move forward for podcasting, which is part of the reason we have a podcast that that we're going forward with is that, that what the movie industry was 50 years ago, you get people, you get talent on board by compensating them. Everybody deserves to be paid up front for your time and stuff like that. But the real money comes from the investment on the back end. The partnership, the deal on the back end. When you make money, I make money. We all make money. That's where, that's again, one of the big things I wish people would take from this Market Explainer podcast is sharing wealth is where real wealth is made. Sharing is a strong word, investing. But okay. But that's the point. In this case, I guarantee you, they're making money on the back end. If SiriusXM, Stitcher, whatever makes money, they're sharing that money with Now Your Mom's House podcast, which is where the real money will be made. Yep. I think this is an awesome deal. So, you know. Um, And speaking of that on the movie thing, one of the biggest things, um, uh, Dan Marino back in the uh, um, made a movie, right? What's the movie with... uh, I don't know. um, Dan Marino and Jim Carrey, right? The okay. original pet. Uh, oh, Ace Ventura pet. Detective. Ace Ventura pet detective, right? They yeah. offered Dan Marino back in the day, instead of getting paid, it was something like a million bucks or something like yeah. that. They said, "Hey, do you want you a million bucks on the back, or end, do you yeah. want points on the back end?" He took the million bucks or whatever, and yeah. it's been proven if he had taken the back end deal, he yeah. had made something like a hundred and fifty million dollars since that movie came out. Right. So he gave up. Right. Because he thought this is a garbage movie. Right. It's a comedy. No way this catches on. uh, And and Jim Carrey got paid. I think it was like some like 
like seven thousand dollars or something. Right. Some, but and he, he got made back so much points. money. He got right. back in points, and it, that made him wealthy. He made an obscene amount of money. Where where uh, the Miami Dolphins quarterback right didn't get that because of he didn't think it was a deal. But that's my yeah. point. That's podcasting moving forward. Is this yeah, kind and of listen, stuff? Exactly. And, you know, a couple other examples. 50 Cent tried to give his producer on his first album, Get Richard Die Trying, the first popular album. He tried to give a producer. He's like, yo, I'm going to give you back in points instead of giving you 10 grand. He's like, nah, give me cash. Mm-hmm. He's like, bro, I'm trying to help you here. And the guy just refused. He's like, no, I need cash now. And he's like, they've done the math. And it's like the back in points on Get Richard Die Trying. The residuals to this day, instead of 100,000 or 10,000, whatever the number was, the guy lost out on like $15 million. Yeah. What's the guy from the first Fast and Furious movie that was recast in the second one and then from then forward? Vin Diesel. No, no, no. The guy that was in the first Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. That wasn't in any of the rest of them. He was recast. The rapper? Yes. Ja Rule. Was he the one in the first Fast yes. and Furious movie? And I then know he was the recast entire... from second. He didn't want to be because he didn't think Fast and Furious was. No, it was be. Vin Diesel. That was Vin Diesel. So Paul Walker no. did the first one. He did right. the second one. He didn't do the third one. And then they brought him back for the fourth one. Vin Diesel didn't want to do any of them. But the studio, you went down a rabbit hole here, my friend. You you deserve this. But anyway, the point, the point of all of this right. is that yeah. the back-end money in partnerships can be the real money. Assuming right. that they work. Now, there's always risk involved. You are taking less money from, you know what I mean, or whatever. Right. But I think that's the way forward for podcasts because what that right. does is it allows you to take risk, right? Right. Instead of trying to bankrupt a, a Stitcher or, you know what I mean, or whatever right. with a $100 million price tag, right, like Spotify, right. it allows everybody to mitigate some of those risks and right. try to move forward and create something. And I just love to see it. But, you know, in closing, as always, you know, we, we, we want to leave you with the tip of the week. Mm-hmm. This is just a reminder for everybody out there. Just because you did it doesn't mean you're guilty. <laughs> of course, Danny would say something like that. And I'm going to leave that alone. All right, folks, we'll see you next, next week.